Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, on Comcast, around the country, and of course, broadcasting coming to you. You can find us also on YouTube, Parlor. Uh, I keep saying Parlor because it's written down. Well, when they it's come gonna back. It's going to make a comeback. Yeah. You don't worry about it. When they come back, you'll right. find us there as well. Uh, YouTube as well. Um, and we'll, we'll be growing the show to other venues just to make sure we always have access and you always have access to us. So look out for that stuff. Joining us tonight, as usual, Paul Nolan with news. Say hello, Paul. I'm just doing that. It's it's TV. It's not radio. If Rick gets on my nerves again today, I'm throwing a cross onto your chair. What does that even mean? (laughs) I don't even know what you're talking about. Rick Amorati doing sports. We talked about it before the show. Good evening, gentlemen. It's like Rick in the house. How are we doing, guys? What do you got for us coming up, Rick? Well, we're going to have a report on last night's college football championship game with Alabama. uh, Big win. And also NCAA men's basketball and NBA scores. All right, good to hear. So we've got a uh, we've got a, a, a breaking breaking news right now. It's going on in the house. Not sure if you've heard. Uh, gee, do we still have the, the? Are they still there doing whatever the heck they're supposed Resolution to be doing? Resolution eight. I inform the house that Mrs. Dingle votes yay on the previous question. As the member designated by Ms. Agsney. Right. So, so let's get a little perspective here. What's going on in the house right now? They're taking a vote. And from what we understand, because we missed the intro and the beginning, um, they're debating whether or not they're going to debate. (laughs) This is great. Whether they're going to debate about impeachment or if they're just going to go straight to voting for impeachment. Uh, Do I I have that correct, Fran? Because Fran was paying more attention than I was. I think this is referring to invoking the 25th Amendment, Ah, but it's all tied together. Okay. Yep. All right. So they're going to have a meeting about having a meeting. Right. Right. And then if enough people vote to go straight to the vote, then they don't have to have the meeting about the meeting. But if they don't, and I believe, and again, this is coming from our constitutional scholar in the the, uh, control room, Fran, uh, he says they need two-thirds. Democrats need two-thirds to skip the meeting about the meeting and go straight (laughs) to the vote about the meeting. You know what? At this point right now, why don't they just go for a hanging to see if they get the vote for a hanging, they'll, 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 they'll lynch Trump in the town square and let them all be thrilled. But, you know, maybe they'll start leaving us alone for a little while after that. Right. So if you, if you ever wondered why Congress takes forever to do anything, this is a perfect example. They're going to talk about whether or not they want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's like getting into that circular argument with, with a girlfriend. It's like, but, 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 and it just keeps going on and on. And it's basically, that's what happens. Um, so they're going to be voting about the meeting, about the meeting. Uh, and you guys, you know what, Fran, keep an eye on that. Let us know how it goes. And if we need to cut back to it, we will. But uh, let's start off with a little fun, shall we? Yes, please. Let's bring some crazy to the to, 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 to the studio. <laughs> we need again, a crazy town, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I mean, if you're wondering, Damon will be joining us uh, tomorrow. From what from all indications are, he'll be back in the seat this seat tomorrow. Um, in the meantime, we've got uh, we've got some stuff we want to get to today. Uh, we're going to start with some fun. This I'd like to call. The first example of la resistance. Gio, would you please? Idea that you need unanimous consent you need to get out of for every now, senator to call back the You're office. Let me let him race this. I'm glad for the Trump for 50. Take your hands off me. No, no, 
Exhibit A of the new Resistance. Holy cow! And uh, it, it was funny because literally Holy five minutes shoot. before we came to air, and you see all the people standing around. You know, uh, uh, they they all have their phones up. They're all videotaping this from other angles, and those other angles are now starting to pile uh, to, to to stream out. Paul just found a great one where whoever was taping it was standing like maybe five feet away from her on, on her right side. Um. So it's amazing the the and believe me that clip was a lot longer. When I sent that to Geo, um, the clip was it had to be at least three or four minutes long. But for some reason, I guess wh- whoever filmed it and put it on that website, they edited it down. So that's all he had to pick from. And we didn't realize that these other angles were going to be released. And we, pro- I guess, I should have, but I, I stopped thinking about it because I thought, well, th- we, we had that was the full- gold unto itself. Yeah, we had the full. No matter what, what angle you get, that that's gold. Right. Well, she- I just love seeing these these lifelong politicians, these like power hungry animals who think they just, you know, rule above us, get to leave their ivory tower and get hit by a by a, like one of the serfs. Yeah, a, a dose of reality in the form of that woman who who later on in the clip she says, "Leave me alone. I'm trans." <laughs> I mean, she is and she's she is she is really in his grill. She is she is calling I mean, there were beeps that needed to be inserted in the rest of the clip cuz she started cursing at him and, and at one point he he you hear him on mic say, "Can we have her removed?" So I'm hoping we get more, more, um, more versions of this because as you see this, you're gonna laugh and you kind of feel 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 pretty good because Schmuck Schumer is uh, is pretty much uh, a, a, a swampy as you get when it comes to DC creatures. And look at his arrogance though; like he don't care. You know, no. just, he just he has arrogant. the thickest skin. Like he just doesn't care. Nothing. He's so above everybody. Yep. It's just so funny. And, he, and he's so. Oh my goodness! I loved it. I love the fact that he he thought, you know what? I'm gonna come out here. I'm gonna make this statement because I'm Chuck Schumer, and and. One person. Look, she was shopping. It wasn't like it doesn't look like she was, you know, planning this because she's got a bag. She's got some stuff in it. Maybe she was at the local uh, food store picking up a few things, and she came across truck humor, <laughs> and she just unloaded on him. So that's what. Uh, bravo. She didn't hold back no. whatsoever. No, and again, once you do, and, and again, I encourage you try to find other angles of that, and you'll get uh, you'll get to see the whole clip, which I think goes on. She goes on for about three or four minutes. Yeah, it's close to four minutes. Yeah. At the end. This won't look good for you, Schumer. I'm trans. <laughs> I'm a trans gypsy. That makes me a minority. Yes, that's what it was, a trans gypsy. Wow. I mean, how many of those do you know? Not many. <laughs> well, if you live in New York City, in Manhattan, there's plenty, I'm sure. <laughs> so there you go. We, we start off with a little bit of fun. That was great. Wasn't that fun? Yeah, let's, now let's, go, let's go watch the media about the meeting to see if they yeah. should meet. What's, go, what's going back on in the house there, guys? 
Another guy with a mask on. These guys are wonderful. Nobody's standing around them, but they have their mask on. Idiots. All right, so right now it's uh, 180, yay, 175, 176, nay. Wow, a Democrat voted no. There's a gentlewoman from Illinois. Well, that's interesting. As a member designated by Mr. Carson, pursuant to HRES 8, I inform the House that Mr. Carson will vote yes on ordering the previous question. As a member designated by Mr. Rush, pursuant to HRES 8, I inform the House that Mr. Rush will vote yes on ordering the previous question. All right, so there you have it. They're sending representatives. And again, it's interesting uh, uh, because from what we're reading, and, and if you've been paying attention to a little bit of the news, they're starting to, uh, I think they're starting to realize that this could be a, um, a road they don't want to go down. Some of the Democrats are starting to say, hey, you know what, this, this is not good. We shouldn't be doing this. Because it looks as if what it is, is really just, you know, piling on. It, it, you know, it just looks like a bunch of like, you know, bullies in a schoolyard beating on a kid after he's already down. But right. Hey, man, that's their M.O. Good for them. Right. Enjoy but, but, it. but this is liberals. And yeah. let's face it. And people and people are always like making excuses. Well, you know, and, and I've said it myself where, well, liberals are stupid. It's like, well, they're not. Not the ones in Congress. No. Uh, not the ones that hold office. No. Those liberals are smart because they know exactly what they're doing. The liberals that are stupid. Those are the ones that you, you're friends with on Facebook, where you're like, well, I used to know you, what, what, or somebody, even your neighbor. Those are the stupid liberals because they don't know better. Like they haven't, they haven't sat back and went, hmm, what, what's going on here? They won't ask any questions because as soon as you ask them a question, they'll, they'll, they'll completely deflect and start going, hey, orange man, bad. Yeah, they won't have an answer for a simple question. So those, those are the real stupid liberals, and they're all over social media. Yeah. You know, they're out there pecking, oh, Trump said this, uh, and then they got like 10 friends going, yeah, you're so smart. We love you. You're so smart. That's, you tell them, and that's all it is. And it's amazing. You see that all over, up and down, and it's infuriating because I know Paul's done it. I've done it, where you confront these people. After a while, you got to stop and be like, look, uh, you already believe what you believe. I can't change that. So you got to step back and, and like, it's like, it's like turning, turning the channel. I don't want to see yep. that. Nope. Don't want to see another episode of that. Nope. Nope. Keep but changing the channel until you find something you, you want to talk see. to who just are absolutely everything they hear on CNN or any kind of mainstream, they just regurgitate it. And it's really, honestly, it's never based in any kind of foundational issues. You know, it's never about like economic impacts it's never about geostrategic you know like, like alliances it's never it's never about how uh, some kind of corporate structure would work and what would make sense this synergistic competitions that all these giant corporations work within it's never any kind of detailed fact ever it's always well you know he said uh i heard him say oh you know ben carson that's my black friend he's a racist right well if you got the whole thing in context it's not really what he said but you know i know you got the sound bite to beat it that way yeah. so i i get it I, right. I get where you're coming from but he didn't vote for segregation doesn't that bother you <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah. so i don't know I've, yeah you I've, can, I've given up i don't you, i don't even i don't care you can confront them with facts and then of course you've got the uh 
You know, so basically when you're dealing with the liberal mindset, you got to keep in mind that it's like dealing with a nine-year-old, eight or nine-year-old petulant child who's never, you know, lost that board game because mommy and daddy and, uh, you know, the rest of the family is like, ah, just let them win, just let them win. These are the people that they end up growing up to be people you end up, you know, uh, seeing in office because nobody, nobody actually goes, you know what? You can't keep stealing from the monopoly bank. You can't keep, you know, buying up all all the uh, all the hotels and screwing everybody up in this game because you're cheating. Everybody knows you're cheating. At some point, we have to pick up the board, you know, like this. Everything goes flying, and say you lost the game, and now we're going to play again if you want to. Well, everybody gets a trophy generation right. now. You know, it is what it is, you know. So it's amazing. So I, I applaud the uh, trans gypsy of New York, the, the, the trans gypsy of New York City. That could be a TV show. Um, <laughs> she could run for office tomorrow and win. <laughs> yeah, she could probably be mayor. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. And again, look out for more angles of that. That was an amazing confrontation with her and Chuck Schumer. We've got a lot more coming up on the show. We've got clips of President Trump. He was down in Texas today. He also uh, made some statements. So we've got those. I've got um, just a whole lot of stuff going on. We were talking about the Gorbachev story. I got more on that, believe it or not. Good. And Paul's got news. Rick's got sports. And, of course, you've got us. Thank you for uh, watching live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. We'll take this quick break. We'll come back with more. Remember, no flipping. from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Welcome back to the program. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a Tuesday. It is uh, January the 12th. What is it? Uh, eight days, they say? Eight days to President Corn Pop. Right. So we've got that to look forward to. Um, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Dish TV, uh, Dish Network, I should say. Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240 on a Comcast all around the country. And of course, find us, like us, follow us on all the major socials. LFS6B is how you track us down and uh, we'll appreciate it because then then you can communicate with us and we can say hi. Um, We were talking about and we did a lot about this yesterday. I played that clip from uh, Dan Bongino regarding the censoring that's going on in the country ever since last Friday. I think it was last Friday it really kicked off, where all of a sudden Twitter didn't just suspend President Trump. They banned him. Uh, same with Facebook. Uh, they're now deplatforming anything associated with Trump. They're trying to basically strangle out the Trump name from anything and everything. And, you know, we were warned that this would happen. This is not new. This is not a surprise. We've seen this coming for years because of the way the left thinks. They think it's okay for them to rage, you know, to rage and incite violence. We saw the clips of uh, Maxine Waters, Steve Scalise getting shot. Um, You've seen the videos. We've played them. You can find them. We won't play them tonight again. But... This has been coming for a while, and this is how they play. This is the game they play. 
They don't play a game where there's, you know, oh, there are certain rules. They don't care about rules. They care about destroying people. Yeah, it's easy to do that when you have the media mafia just as your henchman right behind you on everything they do. You think about anytime, anytime someone says anything, you know, remotely close to a conservative opinion, they get completely lambasted and everybody piles on. I mean, look no further than the PGA won't hold the open at the Trump National. Right. Yep. I mean, it's just crazy. So watch the boycott of that. Watch. Right. You, yeah. And and you've seen that just across the board. We mentioned all the, the high-profile conservatives. Uh, Rush Limbaugh actually took the step of just shutting his Twitter feed down. He just shut it down and left. So good for him. Um, but I noticed, that, and this was something I saw today, and I was like, ooh. Because we were talking about how banks are getting into the act. ISPs are getting into the act. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there was a large, I guess, the the... The most the, the major gun manufacturer some 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 type of gun place was just wiped off the internet yeah. just taken off they don't agree with their business so they're taking them down which which again I, I don't know how they can get away with it but for now that's what's happened but there's hope yes there's hope and it comes out of Idaho huh yes Idaho believe it or not. This I grabbed, uh, uh, grabbed off a of vice. Uh, ISP blocks Twitter and Facebook to protest anti-Trump censorship. Well, that's interesting. It turns out a small Idaho ISP, Internet Service Provider, has decided to protest censorship by blocking its users from accessing Twitter and Facebook. They say it, come, it has come to our attention that Twitter and Facebook are engaged in censorship of our customers, and information. Priest River, Idaho, ISP, uh, your T1 Wi-Fi told its subscribers in an email. And it said the ISP says all users will have Facebook and Twitter blocked by default, and those that want access will need to have it whitelisted. The company claims it it was responding to calls from customers demanding their families and children be prevented from accessing both sites. Our company does not believe in a website or social networking site that has the authority to censor what you see, post, and hide information from you, stop you from seeing what your friends and your family are posting, the email states. This is why, with the amount of concerns, we have made this decision to block these two websites from being accessed on our network. So bravo to them, because that's, that's really the first step. I mean, you've got to have some type of pushback. You've got to have somebody willing to take that first step and say, you know what, here's what we can do to help in the free speech fight. Now, ISPs normally only filter access to websites that are clearly illegal, usually via an IP address blacklist. Um, During the Trump era, Trump allies have repeatedly claimed that social media giants are unfairly censoring conservatives. And we all know it's true. It's not it's not an allegation. It's true. They've they've been able to show evidence. Um, In fact, Facebook has been repeatedly caught, been caught, letting many prominent right wing pundits violate terms of service to boost revenue and attention, often with no meaningful meaningful repercussions. Uh, let's see. ISP owner Brett Fink confirmed the email's authenticity to a local CBS affiliate, but contradicted his company's own email to subscribers saying all users would have Facebook and Twitter uh, blocked by default. We've had uh, customers ask for it to be blocked, and that's what the email is about. We're not blocking anybody, only the ones that have asked for it. So basically, they're going to do a blanket block, and you just go in and, and approve the site on your browser. 
but they've taken the step to say, you know what, here's what we can do, and bravo to them. And then this is something I saw the other day as well. Actually, this happened at the end of the year, 2020. Right along these lines, Poland stopped big tech censorship in its tracks with a single shot. We can do the same. It's not against the law to be stupid, of course. Um, And and what's this article about? Basically, um, from the White House to Congress to social media and everywhere in between, the debate has been about big tech. That is where the battle has been joined. As reported by Poland, IN.com, while the big tech battle continues to rage in the U.S., the conservative government in Poland has enacted a new law to hold companies accountable for what now will be illegal censorship and suppression of legal content. If there is no violation of Polish law, social media companies cannot remove content or block accounts, according to the draft of the Act of Freedom of Access and One Views to Obtain and Disseminate Information on the Internet. Um, Justice, and I can't pronounce his name, so I won't, uh, this Justice of Poland announced that the legal initiative earlier this month aiming to uh, enable Internet users to file complaints against the removal of online posts, as well as the creation of a special court for freedom of speech, according to Poland IM. Mm. Um, Sebastian Coletta, this name I can pronounce, Secretary of State in the Ministry of Justice over there, noted that the new legislation is supposed to protect against excessive interference of moderators of this content. So basically, what it says is that, that the special court rules in favor of the plaintiff, once they've made a, made a filing that they feel it's been, uh, it's been done illegally, the Internet service does not obey the ruling. It can be fined up to $2.2 million per offense. So that's going on in Poland. And from what I'm hearing and what I'm reading, there's more of this talk of the ISPs. Certain, certain ISPs are starting to get involved. And, and I think uh, Florida might be stepping up to do something as well. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully this could be the first step in this fight to, to kind of fight this battle of censorship. Well, there's always pushback, right? Anytime people yeah. are told they can't speak, there's always been pushback. So let's just hope we get some tech pushback. I was reading some articles on blockchain and has, that has the ability to create you know, um, a lot of internet freedom in terms of also social media groups that could never be censored. And supposedly there's ways that the blockchain can actually create more of like a different type of internet that is even freer to its access through uh, this tether. I, I, I'm sure, I bet you, you know, I bet we know Fran or Geo, those tech guys would know way better than I would. But, you know, you got to hope somewhere along the line the free speech doesn't get stifled because once they get free speech, then they get the Second Amendment. Yeah. You know, once you can't complain and argue and there's no voice for you, they get the Second Amendment. And, and next thing you know, uh, yeah, next thing you know, <laughs> you're, you're working on a chain gang. <laughs> uh, they're goose stepping. You're standing in line for <laughs> toilet paper and uh, you hope that they don't come for you next. Yeah. So what was that old poem? That was the one from World War II, that old poem. They came for me. So there's no one left to talk to. Well, it's great. It's a great oldie. But, yeah. you know, so listen, we have real quick. I want to make sure we come back. I want to talk about the Blasio's threats to, to New Yorkers who were at the Capitol. All right. So there you have it. We'll be doing that. We'll be doing more. We've got those clips from President Trump coming up. Um, we'll take this quick break again. Thank you for joining us on Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B, we'll be back with more right after this. Stay there.
Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, and Comcast around the country. Thank you for uh, staying with us tonight. As always, we appreciate it. Again, Damon will be back starting tomorrow. He'll be sitting back in the seat, and uh, Paul can't wait. <laughs> the guy's gassy. What am I going to do? He's, he's a terrific fellow, but he's got to stop eating broccoli before he gets here. <laughs> well, I try to eat healthy. Hey, um, gee, let's go back to the uh, the House floor. Something's going down, isn't it? This is they're, a gentleman from Pennsylvania rise. They're agreeing. Thank now, you, Madam Speaker. As a to agree? By Mr. Doyle Are they voting to agree? Pursuant to House Resolution <clears throat> 8, I hereby inform the House that Mr. Doyle will vote yes on House Resolution 38. Now, I didn't realize that the House was involved in the 25th Amendment. I, I, I figured that had to come from the Cabinet and the Vice President. ...designated by Ms. Wild, pursuant to HRES 8. I inform the House that Ms. Wild will vote yes on HRES 38. And again, this is this is the folly of the Democrats. As they go down this road, they saw what happened the first time. It only boosted his popularity, made him stronger. Madam Speaker, as the member designated by Mr. Bill But they want to go down this road again. And Rick, didn't you say there was a letter released? Yes, uh, that um, Mike Pence, Vice President Mike Pence, will not be enacting the 25th Amendment against um, the president. All right. So there you have it. Just released to, about uh, 20 minutes ago. According to a letter that was released by Vi Vice President Mike Pence, he said, this, this, uh, I guess he's agreeing that this is a folly yep. going nowhere because he's not going to get involved. He's not going to let it happen. And they would need him to, I guess, lead the charge. It's just never ending assault. It just it started like three months before, you know, he got in and it, it just hasn't stopped till and it won't it won't stop. Please out. What kind of. What kind of witch hunt will he face when he's out of the presidency? Oh, that's going to continue. I mean, they're going to try to put him in. You know, they're going to, it's going to be nonstop, right? What? Yeah. And now he won't have the power of office, but the media will be telling everybody he's evil and he's done evil things. Amazing. Amazing. Obama, you know, goes through all those illegal wars, yep. all all kinds of, you know, infractions against our, right. our amendment, you know, our, our constitutional rights. You know, you think about you know, fast and furious. You think about the things that they got away with. I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable to me. Yeah, they're using the IRS, spying on reporters, spying on um, Republicans. Yeah, yeah, not, fast and furious. I mean, you name it. There are so many different different um, crimes that were committed by the Obama administration that were never prosecuted. And, and what does he always say? Oh, not not a hint of not a hint of anything, really. That's yeah. because you don't they, you don't <laughs> yeah, investigate the, yourself, right? Because the media just keeps on saying you were a saint, right? You know, I mean, it's just crazy. Someone did that report, right? The study where he just he dropped so many bombs, average of twenty a bomb every twenty two minutes, and all the innocent kids and women and noncombatants that were slaughtered. I mean, it's crazy. Between him and Bush, we had back to back psychopaths. It's Amazing. just crazy, and no one says a word about it. No. no. They get Nobel Peace Prizes. <laughs> yeah, this guy actually, um, believe it or not, kicked off an amazing peace deal throughout the Middle East when everybody said it can't be done. It's impossible. You heard it from John Kerry. Uh, I'll just say it will not happen. That, he's on tape. We played it. He said it will not happen. It will definitely not happen. Uh, guess what? It's happened. 
It happened several times, and it's probably going to continue to happen. Uh, Unfortunately, now, if there's going to be a new administration that's going to sandbag all this stuff, well, then they're going to unleash the wars again. And it's just amazing. And if you look at Biden's cabinet that he's got going, he's got 14 big tech giant executive CEOs now all in his cabinet, and he's not picking them. No, they're just coming and saying, "All right, this is hey, this is Joey, a job for me." Hey, Joey Corn, taking it turf. Hey, Joey yeah. Pop, move I want over. My turf. This, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that desk over there. <laughs> it's it's like Cheney with Bush the first time around, where like when you saw what's his name Saturday Night Live. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Will Ferrell, you know whatever. Will what is you know the crazy funny guy? Will like, Ferrell, you know, he's yeah. pretending to be Bush, and they're like, "All right, listen now, go sit at the little card table," and he he's sitting at the card table with his plastic fake phone. <laughs> It's it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. Oh, man. So that's going on in the House right now. But, the um, you know, what are they talking about? Who can't they stop talking about? President Trump. Yep. Because he lives rent-free in all their brains. And uh, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure today when he, w- he went down to the, uh, the wall to Texas, yeah, right, to, to go check Alamo. out the wall. Yeah. Um, we have a few clips from him flying out, so let's go to the clip number one. When he's on his way leaving for Texas, this is what he had to say. So we're going to Texas. We're going to the southern border. As you know, we've completed the wall. They may want to expand it. We have the expansion underway. It's been tremendously successful, far beyond what anyone thought. We're stopping in large numbers the drugs coming into the country for many, many years and decades. Uh, We're stopping a lot of illegal immigration. Our numbers have been very good. There does seem to be a surge now because people are coming up. Some caravans are starting to form because they think there's going to be a lot in it for them if they're able to get through. But we're able to stop it. The wall has made a tremendous difference. I think some of you are coming with me, but the wall has made a tremendous difference on the southern border. Uh, As far as this is concerned, we want no violence, never violence. We want absolutely no violence. And on the impeachment, it's really a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in the history of politics. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. This impeachment is causing tremendous anger, and you're doing it. And it's really a terrible thing that they're doing for Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to continue on this path. I think it's causing tremendous danger to our country and it's causing tremendous anger. I want no violence. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. They are clearly picking a fight with the 80 million people, the 75, 80 million people who voted for them. Watch the watch the bunch of states get flipped overnight. We had endless amounts of you know, uh, chicanery, to say the least, on election night. And everybody, all those parades and rallies and the bycots and, you know, all the indicators and the bellwether counties yeah. and all the things that told us exactly what we all know instinctively. But the lies just keep coming at us. And now this, it's just it's just an endless smack in the face. It's one after another. It's just meant to demoralize, to, meant to diminish, meant to completely marginalize every single person who just wanted a, a constitutional America compared to these, what we had before this. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go on record as saying 
Trump was the greatest constitutionalist. I'm not saying that. But what we had before this was a complete disaster. At least now people know. People know how corrupt so many of these dirty animals are in in, in D.C. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an endless swamp of animals. Right. So, yeah. And that, that's something we mentioned last night. You know, uh, I think his greatest gift has been making it okay to say, you know what? I, I got to believe my eyes. I got to believe my ears because what what my my local rep, what my senator is saying doesn't match reality. They're lying to us. And again, that's what liberals do when they get into office. They lie. They lie. They lie. And they then they lie some more to cover up for the other lie that they just told. I mean, you, you see it constantly. And it used to just be brushed. Well, that's just, you know, there's just politics. No, that's lies. There's a difference. Politics is making deals to figure out, okay, what's best for the people and let's get the best for them. Lies are, are saying you're going to do something and you do the exact opposite. That's what a lie is. Yeah, and when so many purpose. people have lost all confidence in the election process here in America, I mean, look, there are people who are feeling it before this, but people have lost confidence in the election process. I mean, at some point we simply have to say two terms in the Senate, you know, two terms in presidency, even term limits on, on SCOTUS, something's got to give yeah. here, man, because these lifelong people know who to wheel and deal with. They know who owes, who plays ball. They know who's got a favor owed to this guy. All these favors are currency. All the dirty deals they do is blackmail. Blackmail is the best currency there is in, you know, in, in, in public office. Anybody yeah. who messes up and they know that now that they are on the hook for jail time, forget about it. I mean, God forbid it's even worse. Some of the stuff we all have heard over the last four or five years from the Epstein stuff, God knows how bad it gets. But all I know is this, that if, if we have no confidence in the electoral process, we are done as a nation. So how do we stop that? If we can't prove it right now, have some kind of limit system. No, well, uh, good luck getting that through. I know. <laughs> because yeah, they just the, the people who are going to vote for it are going to sit there and be like, no, I don't want to put a limit on, on, on my, myself. Yeah, right, because they just right. gave themselves a $25 million raise in that last bill, didn't they? Right. So you got that. Hey, uh, gee, we got a couple more clips from President Trump from uh, him actually being down in Texas. Uh, let's go to clip two. Free speech is under assault like never before. The 25th Amendment is of zero risk to me but will come back to haunt Joe Biden and the Biden administration. As the expression goes, be careful what you wish for. Mm -hmm. The impeachment hoax is a continuation of the greatest and most vicious witch hunt in the history of our country and is causing tremendous anger and division and pain far greater than most people will ever understand, which is very dangerous for the USA, especially at this very tender time. All right, so there he is talking about talking about that. We've also got another clip where he's talking about the, uh, I guess, violence um, that that we saw recently in D.C. Millions of our citizens watched on Wednesday as a mob stormed the Capitol and trashed the halls of government. As I have consistently said throughout my administration, we believe in respecting America's history and traditions, not tearing them down. We believe in the rule of law, not in violence or rioting. Yeah, and then you comp compare and contrast that with uh, Maxine Waters. You know, if you see somebody from the, from that administration, get in their face. 
Push back. Let them know that they're not they're not welcome anytime, anywhere. We should play that clip again tonight. That clip needs to be seen again. We missed it last <laughs> night. That clip oh, yeah. was great. Yeah, That's we have that. We'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, we got to play that by the end of the show again. Hey, G, we still have that from yesterday, right? That compilation. All right, cool. We'll we'll do that in a little bit. We don't have enough time to do it here, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but there you have it from the president. And again, you know, you can't point. And and, and you even hear from. Um, What's his? Oh, the the Harvard attorney you were talking about yesterday, Dershowitz. Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, yeah. saying Sounds that. Like... Uh, saying that. <laughs> saying that he, he's he's been through the transcript of uh, the president's comments. There's nothing impeachable. What the heck are they talking about? Yep. Oh boy. But but it's it's this folly that the Democrats love to do. They they get their hair is on fire. Their panties are in a bunch. They have to have this. They're that petulant child once again, just screaming and screaming, screaming. They want blood. They want blood. They're not happy that he's that he could potentially leave. They want to destroy anything and everything associated with him. It includes you and includes me and includes basically anybody who supported him and, and even even the people that they're going after Josh Hawley they're going after Ted Cruz they don't want uh, it, n- now you're not allowed to I guess support the president if you're if you're in the, even in the same political party uh, th- it, call me crazy but that's that sounds uh, insane it, it's there's no, there's no sorting this out without using the word insane <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. Um, yeah, enough to make you go crazy. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a lot coming up. Still more on the show. Rick Amorati's got some sports for us, right, Rick? Yep, coming up. Report on the big game last night down in Miami. Yep. Um, I think we all know the outcome. We got a lot more with. Uh, <laughs> we got some clips from oh a lady yelling at a kid. You'll like this. I've got a story about uh, a raid in Canada and Bitcoin coming up. Stay there. Live from Studio Six B. Man, that's some that's some funk there, Fran. Nice, Fran delivering the funk. Live from Studio Six B, Real America's Voice. I Welcome did. back, as usual, Paul Nolan doing news. But right now, it's time for Rick Amarati, who's doing sports. Rick, tell hey. us what's going on in the sports world. Hey, Rick D. One more trip down to the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami uh, for the recap on the Alabama Ohio State College Football Championship game played out last night. Alabama Crimson Tide, the number one team with a 13 and 0 record due to the 52 to 24 win over the Ohio State Buckeyes, who end up seven and one on the season. Um, last night, Mac Jones, the Alabama quarterback, was 36 of 45 for 464 yards and five touchdowns by the junior, who now is contemplating possibly coming in entering the draft early, although he was on Good Morning America earlier this morning, and he said uh, you have to speak to his mom to see whether he has to go back to college <laughs> or he's awesome. going into the draft. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on Mac. Uh, great quarterback, young man. Uh, running back Najee Harris for Alabama, 22 carries, 79 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, receiver Devonta Smith of Alabama, 12 receptions, 215 yards and wow. three touchdowns, although it does appear that he might have broke his index finger which could 
jeopardize a little bit in the draft, but I still think he's going to be a real sought-after uh, commodity in the draft this yeah, year. It, yeah, it'll it'll affect him getting his uh, getting his nails done. That's about it. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> on the other side of the ball, Ohio State did a valiant effort. Uh, they played a good game early, uh, kind of got away from them late in the second. But Justin Fields, uh, really a great quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes, 17 to 33, 194 yards, and he was six carries for 67 yards on the ground. Um, Ohio State star running back Trey Sermon had a 193 yards last week versus Clemson, but he unfortunately he was taken out of the game on the first drive. He had to be taken to a local hospital uh, for uh, further diagnosis after suffering an apparent left collarbone injury. So uh, that really hurt the team, set them back, and kind of got a little bit away from uh, from what I think their game plan was. It was 14-14 early second quarter, then it went to 21-17 Bama, and then uh, turned into a 35-17 lead right before halftime, uh, and that seemed to be really where the game kind of just got away from Ohio State. State and the second half, you know, Alabama just drove it home. Paul, what was your thought on the game? Well, it's even once that uh, the, that receiver went down, it, you know, it was kind of like took Ohio State's you know wind out of it. And once they they broke their spirit, it looked like it was over to me, you know. But that Bama team is stacked. I mean, they might have sixteen NFL players in the in, out of that starting twenty-two. Yeah. I mean, it's really an outstanding team. They are super. Uh, and thousands of college football fans took to the streets around the University of Alabama to celebrate after the Crimson Tide won the national championship last night, despite gui- despite guidance to watch the game from home amid virus concerns. Uh, so, big crowd there. You know, you can't stop these kids. They want to celebrate. Their team won. So, uh, I-, I wonder if they had their masks on. I don't know. I can't tell from here. But uh, good good sized crowd last night celebrating that game. You know, you can't take that away from the college kids. You know, Paul? And Rick, it's just a once yeah. in a lifetime for them. Get you know? busy living or get busy yeah. dying. Those kids yep. are going to be they're strong. They're good immune system. They'll be fine. Just yeah. eat your vitamins. But check that. Alabama, it's a once in a year time, not lifetime over there for those oh, kids. Oh, I know. <laughs> they great. Set your clock to it. Yep. And uh, two million people watched that Nickelodeon NFL broadcast. Uh, Nickelodeon special broadcast of the wildcard playoff game between the Chicago Bears and the New Orleans Saints was watched by more than two million people, according to CBS. More than 33 million people watched the game across two broadcasts, one on CBS and the other on Nickelodeon. The viewership from the two broadcasts is higher than any other wildcard playoff game in the last seven years. The broadcast was weird, to say the least. It had virtual slime exploding in the end zone when the team scored. SpongeBob's face was plastered all over field goal nets. And googly eyes placed over the players' faces during the uh, different shots that they had on the camera. Hopefully the wackiness made up for the lack of offense from the Chicago Bears, who only had nine points in the game. So good stuff. Uh, a couple of quick scores um, in the NBA tonight. The Sixers right now over the Heat by three, uh, one minute to go in the third. Uh, the Nuggets are up by 16 over the Nets uh, early, late in the second quarter. Jazz up by 13 over the Cavaliers. Spurs up by one over the Thunder. And the Lakers are up by 18 on a runaway uh, against the Rockets. Um, and one more story in this segment, Rick. Olympian Cleet Keller reportedly seen at the Capitol riot. Two-time gold medal winner Cleet Keller, 38 years old now, was reportedly spotted in a video from inside the Capitol Rotunda, posted Wednesday by a reporter for the conservative news outlet Town Hall. Swimming website Swim Swam said that at least a dozen people within the sport identified Keller as a bearded man seen in the clip wearing a Team USA Olympic jacket. 
The footage seems to show Keller, who stands at six feet, six inches, towering over a crowd that was pushing against police officers who were trying to clear the area. Another video showed Keller standing calmly in the rotunda, holding a bottle of water, according to the website. The former athlete's social media accounts had been deleted as of Tuesday, but he had previously posted about his support for President Trump, the report said. No videos have emerged showing him acting in a violent manner. However, several people who entered the building have been charged with unlawful entry and disorderly contact. Uh, Keller has won five gold medals for the U.S. at the 2000, 2004, and 2008 Olympics and was a former teammate of Michael Phelps. So, you know, Cleet Keller was there at the, uh, you know, great swimmer. Some of you may recall him from earlier um, in the in the. Uh, 2000s. He was down there supporting the president. And, you know, he was peaceful about it. So that's a wrap in sports for this segment. I'll have a little more on some hockey news and uh, a couple other really good stories All later. All right. In Thank you, Rick Amorati. And uh, we'll look forward to the next uh, sports report next hour. In the meantime, we got some time. Paul Nolan. What do we got for news there, my friend? Well, we got the uh, the neocon kids are uh, kind of chiming in here. Uh, we have a Republican, I guess you can call that in Wyoming, uh, Liz Cheney announced Tuesday that she will vote to impeach President Trump. And this is her quote. The president of the United States summoned this mob, assembled the mob, then lit the flame of this attack. Everything that followed was his doing. None of this would have happened without the president. I will vote to impeach the president. This is uh, you know, Cheney's the third ranking Republican in the chamber, which which is just a scary thought after all the, you know, nonsense her, her father brought to this country. So, you know, it was nice to see, a, you know, her really piling on. And then <laughs> Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has reportedly told his Republican colleagues that President Donald Trump committed impeachable offenses and that he is fine with Democrats moving forward with impeachment. New York Times, uh, they released a report Tuesday citing anonymous sources saying McConnell is pleased Democrats will try to impeach Trump as it uh, will help separate the Republican Party from Trump. You know, riot is supporting Trump, storm the Capitol, blah, blah, blah. We all know all that. And we've seen some of the other looks at it that the mainstream hasn't showed you. But, um, you know, it's just another example of the... Of the piling on by yeah. the uh, the lifelong politicians on the Deep same state, team. Baby. Yeah, and it's amazing because it, it's all the same players, right? Yep. Mitch McConnell, Cocaine Mitch, they call him. Um, you know, <laughs> always standing with the president whenever he needed a vote. Yep. When he needed some support, come down, come down, help me win my race and uh, give my wife a job. Yeah. Remember, she was, she was uh, employed for the last four years. Yep. But as soon, as soon as, as something seems, uh, oh, oh, you're not useful anymore, boom. These people are without any moral fiber, and uh, yep. it's you know, just it keeps going. And here's the truth. The one thing that you, a lot of people think is going to come out of all this will be a, a new party. You know, a party that's not going to be these neocons and these, you know, wannabe socialists and rhinos, you know, and the socialists. It'll you know, be a Liberty party. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully it comes to life because this two party system's a joke. And, you know, it's been a joke for a long, long time. Yeah. And people talk about, well, you know, a third party is not going to really do anything. Uh, you know what? I think this is the best time and probably the third party will be the, uh, will be if it is, uh, you know, led by president Trump, it's going to be the party of, unifying both sides because a lot of Democrats walked away from the Democratic Party because they're nuts. They don't support what, you know, they see what these people are doing and they don't support that. They voted for Trump because at least he seemed, you know, he, he's got some of the things that they like. Maybe not everything, 
Nobody's ever 100% on everything, but that's fine. You saw the way he pulled the minority vote. Yeah. I mean, he pulled the Hispanic vote. He pulled the, the African-American vote. He pulled the minority vote because he he kept promises for those people that were, were thrilled with it. And as a businessman, to me, I want to see everybody prosper. That means more customers for me and the next guy. Yeah. Sure. So, so be careful what you wish for. Democrats and be careful what you do Republicans because this is going to come back on you and we can't wait to watch we're going to be here front row seat yep enjoying enjoying watching our watching watching it unfold between our before our eyes between our eyes uh before our eyes as we uh and we'll probably be part of it so that'll be fun again live from studio 6b real America's voice that puts in the books hour number one we'll be back with hour number two just a little bit Stay with us, and uh, thanks for watching. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Welcome to the show once again. Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240 on Comcast throughout the country. And of course, thank you for making time for us in your day. We appreciate it. Paul Nolan's here with news. Rick Amirati's here with sports. And of course, we've got as much as we can. Hey, um, if you've uh, been watching, you know, we've kind of been checking in on the House floor about the 25th Amendment resolution. They're talking. Uh, who knows what these people are talking about? Uh, let's go there and see what they're voting on right now. Right now, the votes are 215 to 202. And I guess uh, that's the final vote on agreeing to the resolution. To whatever that means. Because we don't know what the resolution actually is. <laughs> well, that timer doesn't... We have a real newsman in the house. Yeah, we, 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 we kind of know that... They, <laughs> but uh, it gets confusing. It's a resolution to a dissolution. Right. <laughs> Regarding the 25th Amendment and impeachment, or what, what uh, have you. It, it's, it's another one of these... Uh, delusional. I guess it's uh, what President Trump called earlier today, the continuation of the greatest wit, uh, witch hunt. Witch hunt. Yeah. That's ever been perpetrated. And you know what? It, it, there it is right there. They, they, they just keep they just keep trying. They just keep trying. Wow. Let's blame him for everything. Let's blame him for everything, everything. But is he really to blame? I wonder because I came across this and it was interesting because it's from a newspaper I never read, but it's fairly prominent and liberals love it. Um, it's based out of Washington. Washington. That's all compost. I'll say. But this story caught my attention (laughs) (laughs) because of what it was about. And it was about the security around the Capitol on January the 6th. It says two days before Congress was set to formalize President-elect Joe Biden's victory. Let me give you the title real quick. Outgoing Capitol Police Chief, House Senate Security Officials, Hamstrung Efforts to Call in National Guard. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Two days before Congress was set to formalize President-elect Joe Biden's victory, Capitol Police Chief Steven Sund was growing increasingly worried about the size of the pro-Trump crowds expected to swarm in Washington. To be on the safe side, Sund asked House and Senate security officials for permission 
to request that the D.C. National Guard be placed on standby in case he needed quick backup. But Sun said Sunday they turned him down. In his first interview since the pro-Trump rioters stormed the U.S. Capitol last week, Sun, who has since resigned his post, said his supervisors were reluctant to take formal steps to put the guard on call, even as police intelligence suggested that the crowd President Trump had invited to Washington um, would probably be much larger than earlier demonstrations. House Sergeant-at-Arms Paul Irving said he wasn't comfortable with the optics, so they weren't comfortable with the way it might look. Um, a formally declaring an emergency ahead of the demonstration, Sun said. Meanwhile, Senate Sergeant of Arms Michael Stenger suggested that Sun should informally seek out his guard contacts, asking them to lean forward and be on alert in case Capitol Police needed their help. Irving, surprisingly, could not be reached for comment. A cell phone number listed to his name has not accepted messages since Wednesday. Messages left at his residence he owns in Nevada were not immediately returned, and there was no answer Sunday evening at a Watergate apartment listed in his name. A neighbor said he recently moved out. Stenger declined Sunday to comment when a reporter visited his Virginia home. This guy's got a lot of houses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. He works in D.C., and he gets paid by us. Of course, he's got multiple houses. In the first of six times, Sun's request for help was rejected or delayed, he said. Um... Two days later, on Wednesday afternoon, his forces clearly in the midst of crisis, Sun said he pleaded for help five more times as the scene grew far more dire than they had imagined. And it unfolded on the historic Capitol grounds. An army of 8,000 pro-Trump demonstrators streamed down Pennsylvania Avenue after hearing the president speak at the White House. Um, Near Sun's outer perimeter of the Capitol's west side was breached within 15 minutes with 1,400 Capitol police officers on duty. His forces were quickly overrun. If we had had the National Guard, we could have held them at bay longer until more officers arrived from our partner agencies, he said. Just before 2 a.m., the pro-Trump mob entered the Capitol, sending lawmakers and staff scrambling. D.C. police had quickly dispatched hundreds of officers to the scene, but it was too late. It wasn't enough. At 226, Sun said he joined the conference call to the Pentagon and pleaded for additional help. Now he's on the ground. He's pleading for help. This, this kind of sounds like something uh, that happened in North Africa some years ago. Oh, Doesn't yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Where, where people are asking for help and everybody's sitting on their hands not wanting to help. And not allowing the right people to get in there and help. This, it's just very interesting. Um, again, on a call with several officials from the D.C. government, as well as officials from the Pentagon, including Lieutenant General uh, Walter Pyatt, Director of Army Staff, the D.C. contingent was flabbergasted here. Pyatt said he could not recommend that his boss, uh, Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy, approve the request. I don't like the visual. Again, there's that visual thing. They're afraid about the optics of the National Guard standing in a police line at the Capitol in the background, Pyatt said, according to Sun and others on the call. Again and again, Sun said the situation is dire. Um, He reached out, recalled John Fellatio, the chief of staff of the D.C. uh, DC mayor, Muriel Bowser. Literally, this guy's on the phone. I mean, crying out for help, and it it burned into my memories. We're hearing the same thing. It sounds familiar, right? You replace D.C. with Benghazi. 
and they're under assault, we need help, nobody's coming. And again, it, it, it goes back to who was really setting this stuff up? Who was allowing this stuff to happen? Pentagon officials have emphasized that the Capitol Police did not ask for the D.C. National Guard ahead of the event. We already, we already showed you that he had. Uh, we rely on Capitol Police and law enforcement to provide an assessment of the situation, the Pentagon spokesman Jonathan Hoffman said during a news conference last week. And based on the assessment they had, they believed they had sufficient personnel and did not make a request. Again, Despite Sun's pleads uh, a few days earlier, they're saying this. Sun offered his resignation the next day, telling friends and family that he felt he let his officers down. Um, and under pressure from lawmakers, Stenger and Irving also resigned. Stenger, the guy with 18 houses uh, circling around D.C. Now, what's interesting about this is that there was also a letter, and I believe you shared this with me, Paul, from... D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. Oh. And if you look at this letter, gee, do we have that letter? Because right at the bottom, it's tough to read, but basically at the bottom of that letter, you will see that she says, I'm paraphrasing this, we don't need the help. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the request for help. We don't need it. Her signature is there. It's sent to all the head muckety mucks. I wish I had a, a copy on my uh, computer so I could read it um, clearly because, again, it's tough to read. But you can find it for yourself. It's out there. And she basically, along with, you know, everybody else here is saying, oh, well, you know, we didn't think. She okayed it. She said we don't. Despite the request in the letter, it said despite the request you get, don't worry about it. We don't need the help. So again, it, it makes you sit back and go, hmm, what is really going on here? Why were they, so, and you hear all the complaints, why were they so undermanned? Why were they not prepared for this? Well, according to this, this uh, Washington Post story, Sund was aware of it, and he was increasingly worried about it, and he tried to get help to make sure that they wouldn't have any problems, and he was denied. Denied from the highest levels. Denied from the mayor's office. Everybody denied this guy, and meanwhile, he's the guy who has to take the hit and has to resign. It's just, it makes you throw your hands up. But again, it makes you go, what are we seeing here? Yeah. It well, makes you question everything. Well, and when you question everything, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist, right? Yep. When you When you try to think critically, like, what was the point of them to be so, you know, defiant about help? You know, what's the reasoning behind it? What would make sense to, what, what does Occam's razor tell you? I mean, to me, it just looks like they knew that the more anarchy they have, the better off they'll be. Yeah. You know, it's just a shame, though. You know, you keep wondering why with all the things, all the cor corruption around D.C. for so long, how come nothing has happened? So, you know, it's it comes down to, you know, there's a couple answers there that, will, you know, for another show and another time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know what? It, it also brings me back to the um, the story you read yesterday off of uh, John Solomon's Just the News about Gorbachev and what he oh, yeah, said. Right. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, we know Good who story. this is. He, 
you know, he's got to be referring to Soros at this point, right? He's got to be referring to the things he saw that happened in the, uh, you know, the color wars in Ukraine in 04 and 05. We watched what happened in Crimea. We watched it, you know, unrest in the street. We watched them re- come fighting in the street to flip the election that they knew was rigged. I mean, there was sniper rifles, people getting shot everywhere. I mean, oh, that's right. You guys probably don't know the story because it was completely suppressed here in the States. Try to look it up. You could, back in the day when YouTube first came out, you could watch it, understand it, research it. It was insane. It was like it was something out of a crazy movie. And now you go back to try to watch it now, look for anything on it. It's gone. It's gone. Scrubbed, scrubbed. Why? 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 Because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's the truth. And they don't like the truth out there. And again, from Mikhail Gorbachev, the former leader of the Soviet Union, storming the Capitol was clearly designed in advance, he said. And it is clear by whom, though he didn't identify the plotters. The renowned statement said that he he senses machinations at work. It will take a little time and we will figure it out why it was really done, Gorbachev said. Um, so, again. Uh, You know, I'm not one to, you know, put myself on a line and say, hey, let me quote Mikhail Gorbachev as I discuss this with you. Blah blah blah. Um, But he makes a great point without naming names. He points out that this was not what it what it's being sold as. Well, I mean, nobody knows that propaganda war better than him. I mean, he's you know, they lived it. I mean, it's the same. It's just the same story over and over and over. And all it takes is you know two generations yeah. for for things to you know flip for so, every script to flip. So yeah, it's a, it's amazing that you know now we find out from you know the, the the guy head of Capitol Police that he was he was asking for help days before this event, and everybody was turning him down. And it's sad because a lot of things happened that shouldn't have happened. The storming of the Capitol shouldn't have happened if he had the proper force out there. If he was given the tools that he needed. All of this could have been avoided, probably. I mean, it can't, we can't guarantee it. But let's face it, if you've got more resources at your disposal, chances are, you know, people are going to think twice. Ah, should I do this? I shouldn't. Ah, maybe not. This doesn't look so good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to, uh, you know, making some s'mores and just enjoying hanging out with uh, other people who love our country. That's about it. So uh, I thought that was important to get out there, even though it's from, again, a newspaper I never read. But they printed it. So, you know what? Uh, we got to throw it out there for you guys to, to know it's out there and know that this guy took the fall, unfortunately, even though he was trying to do the right thing. So, uh, we got more. Yes, we do. We got a lot more. Still coming up on the show. More news with uh, Paul Nolan and Rick Amarani. He's got some more sports. Stay there. We'll be back with more right here live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, right after these words. America's Voice, 
Live from Studio 6B, welcome to the show. We appreciate you taking your time and incorporating us into your evening before you, uh, you know, have your milk and cookies and head off to bed for the night. Thanks for spending the time with us here. Uh, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, and on Comcast around the country. If those are one of your places you're watching us, thank you for watching. And, and again, find us on all the socials, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, LFS6B is the handle. Just type that in. Boom, take you right to our page. Like us, share us, check out what we're doing. And uh, and again, thank you for watching. Hey, Paul, I'm wondering, what do you got for news, my friend? Well, you know, I was talking about it earlier. Uh, Obama-era officials with big tech ties joining the Biden administration in droves. President uh, Trump's official uh, account has been removed from Twitter, and he's locked out of his Facebook account. But uh, former Obama-era officials with ties to Facebook, Twitter, are joining Joe Biden's administration in large numbers as the social media companies censor President Trump. Trump's official account obviously has been removed, and, um, and Emily Horn, who worked for Twitter's global policy communications team, has joined the incoming Biden administration as National Security Council spokesman. Spokesperson. Prior to working for Twitter, Horn was the assistant press secretary at the director of strategic communications and National Security Council under Obama. Jessica Hertz is now working in the Biden transition team as a general counsel. According to her biography on the official transition website, she previously served in the Obama administration as the principal de- deputy counsel in the office of the vice president, counsel to the deputy attorney general in the Department of Justice, as well as the counsel to the administrator in the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs uh, and the Office of Management and Budget. Hertz has ties to big tech as well. Hertz left the Obama administration and she worked as director and associate general counsel for Facebook's regulatory team. Uh, Louisa Terrell. Biden's incoming White House Director of Legislative Affairs worked as Council of Federal Communications Chairman Tom Wheeler during the Obama administration. After that, she worked for Facebook as a public policy director before being tapped for the Biden administration. Austin (laughs) Lynn, this revolving door used to be like this with Monsanto to the Bush administration. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Austin Lynn will reportedly serve as Director of Technology for White House Management Administration. She worked. Excuse me. He worked for the Obama administration as direct the uh, director of deputy uh, of information and technology, and you know then he went on to work for Facebook as a technical program. Rachel Leiber, former Facebook director, blah blah blah, worked for, for, for guess who? <laughs> Obama. Uh, now she's on the transition team. It, you know it it doesn't stop. And right now they're up to fourteen members of big tech at high levels. Been with the Obama administration, went to Facebook or Twitter, and now back to Biden. I mean, it's just, it's a joke. It's a joke. We're watching, we're just watching a corporate takeover of this country. And, uh, you know, speaking of more nonsense, Tom Fitton, uh, who's always given legal advice and, and constantly challenging with legal records he's been uh banned from twitter as well apparently uh he said he's violated uh terms of service so we don't know if he's going to get back on and up but it says that uh he, he's definitely locked out for seven days and if he tries to do anything else but he's done so you know the big tech censorship continues and uh we just have to grin and bear it i suppose 
Yeah. And, and it's it, it's amazing he lasted this long. It really is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he, he is a stone in their shoe, yeah. man. He just keeps on coming. <laughs> because, I mean, he's he and he's out there a lot. I mean, he's on TV a lot. He's yep. he's all over social media. I mean, and he's, he's cruci- always out. And he's crucified Barr. He's crucified both sides of the aisle. I mean, he just... He was just looking for legal, constitutional answers every single time. He didn't care what side of the aisle you were on. Right. So maybe that's why he lasted a little bit longer. Yeah, he lasted three extra days. Yeah, Woo! right. Who knows? <laughs> and, and then uh, from, from all this, you know, the banning and everything that's going on, um, believe it or not, the ACLU They're, has weighed in. Business. Huh? They're in business. I thought they. I thought they yeah. de facto and done. The, the liberal wackos over at the ACLU have actually stepped up and said, "You know what? You're taking down a parlor and your censoring of the president is not good." They said that. Yeah, they're actually <laughs> they're actually coming out on the side of civil liberties. Good uh, Lord, amazing. That's right? crazy. I I remember civil liberties. They were <laughs> great. So you have that happening, which is again, and let's face it, they are as liberal as you get. But even they are pointing out. That what these companies are doing, they're going down. There, it's not a slippery slope anymore. They're just now they're just falling. They've fallen off that clip, you know. Yeah. And they're going to be hitting the ground soon when all this the reality of what they're attempting to do, this technical coup, of you know trying to wipe out everything and anything associated with uh, conservatives, with President Trump, anything like that. And uh, in the ultimate swing of irony, Twitter condemns Uganda for blocking social media apps and censoring Internet before key election. So Twitter is openly <laughs> condemning Internet service providers blocking social media apps in the run up to, to an election in Uganda as it takes criticism uh, for alleged censorship on its own platform. Ahead of the Ugandan election, we're hearing reports that the Internet service providers are being ordered to block social media and messaging apps. The social media giant posted on Tuesday. We strongly condemn internet shutdowns. They are hugely harmful, violate basic human rights, <laughs> and the principles of open internet, the statement continued. I mean, this is just pure, this is comedy gold here. The company argued that access to information and freedom of expression, including the public conversation on Twitter, is never more important than a democratic pos- uh, process, particularly elections. <laughs> Last year, Twitter was widely criticized for censorship on its platform. This is not from is the battle on me. I swear oh. to God, this is not. Uh, so I, I'll stop there. But this is a true story, and it's completely hysterical. And I want to th- and I want to thank one of our uh, uh, fine friends, uh, Jeffrey Briscoe. Thanks for sending that, buddy. I really, really, really appreciate you. Shout out to the social media audience who's getting us through private messages. Yep. We really can't wait to get back to interacting with the audience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what? It, you know what it is. From what I understand. Um, now they're having this big election over in in Uganda. I guess it's uh, Joe Ungugu Biden is running for president over there, and I and I from what I understand, his son Hunter Gugu Biden. Uh, there was some some weird stuff happened, and they got a laptop. I I did um, not say this. So I, I, yeah, I, I didn't. It, it was if all I mail get, goes to what? Rick D for that. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm just it kind of sounds familiar. Funny. You know, they're uh, no. not letting the news get out I know. about certain people in this election. I, it's, I don't truly, know. it's truly stunning. It's amazing stuff. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. And again, so you see it's happening around the world. And, and I wonder where they got these ideas that you can just shut things down. Uh, that's right. China. China. We've been warned. We were warned four years ago, more than four years ago. China. 
Well, look, look at what they've taught us. Oh, they've taught Silicon Valley is this is how you control your people. You've yep. got, all, you've already got them that they're connected. Yep. You can track them. Now you can shut them down. Yeah, well, they, they're not going to stop it. No. That's <laughs> what's good for thee, and it's not good for me. Right. It ain't good for we. No, definitely not. But uh, they they could listen, you, we saw that guy, Dr. Epstein, talk about it back the first time around, how much power and influence the Internet has on an election. Yeah. You know, we talked about him, and he was a fervent Hillary Clinton supporter and, and liberal. And he came out and said, this is the end of democracy. Right. You know, so, you know, it, it's not going to stop. Yeah. And then when you're just pointing out all the people that are, you know, on the shuttle bus from Silicon Valley to back to D.C. after they were in D.C. for the Obama administration, you know, it, 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 it's it's laughable. It's and scary at the exact same time. Right. Because, you know, they're, they're going to be in control. Like you said, hey, hey Joe, g- go ahead. Go have some jello. We've got this. And they're just going to take over everything, push forth their edicts what they want to do and he's just he's just going to be stupid joe here you go sign it away sign it away whatever you want yeah. just as long as he's in power he's just got to learn his scripts try right. not to mess him up too much try not to squint and, too much when you're reading and it. we know the media won't crucify him because it you know look the media is you know connected to his bottom line yeah you know no. they got it they got it they're like they, they're like the producers to the infomercial exactly well we got to take a quick break um We've got more news with Paul Nolan. I've got an interesting thing about Bitcoin I want to talk to you about. You might be interested in that. We'll be yeah, doing that. So. Rick Amorati with Sports also coming up more with live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Thank you for watching. We got an update from the house coming up too. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Welcome back to the program. Just a couple more segments left until the end of the show. Again, we've got Rick Amorati coming up a little bit later on with some more sports updates. Um, Now, for this segment, you know what? I want to try and get in a few things that we haven't been able to get to because, you know, kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Or or enrage you a little bit. That might might be good, too. That's always fun. (laughs) And this one I picked particularly for Paul. And it's because it has to do with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And I'm wondering if you've ever heard of of this happening to people or have heard about this gentleman in particular, because uh, he's got he's got an interesting story. This from the Daily Caller. A man in San Francisco. Has two more guesses at a lost password that will unlock his $220 million fortune. If he guesses wrong, he loses it all. Yeah. His name is Stefan Thomas. He lost the paper where he wrote down the password for a small hard drive um, where he, he had, you know, written down, I guess, the password. And this thing is called, what is it called? Iron Key? Okay, so it's like a cold storage. Right. Oh. No, oh. <laughs> it's, cold it's cold storage for for his Bitcoin, right? Oh, so, and, and again, this 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 article from the Daily Caller, written by uh, Jordan Lancaster. I want to give him some uh, props for this. Um, 
Turns out Stephen Thomas lost a paper where he wrote down the password for the small hard drive known as Iron Key, which contains the keys to get this 7,002 Bitcoin. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 7,000 and two Bitcoin. And right, that, right now, 6,000 hackers are lined up trying to figure out how they can get a piece of that. Well, the funny wow. thing is you can't because no, it's not hackable. And I'll explain a little bit if you don't know what Iron Key is. Do you know what Iron Key is? Well, right? I, I, know, I, know, I know what cold storage is. I know what like the nano ledgers. And yeah, Iron Key is another form of a, a, a ledger. Like, right. So you take it offline and it stays on your little doohickey. Right. It, it's basically, it's... It becomes encrypted when it's on there. Yeah, and everything's relatively encrypted, so (laughs) yeah. So this guy's got 7,000, just think, 7,002 Bitcoin, which just the other day was surging past 40,000. It's dropped back down. Yeah. But that's 7,002 Bitcoin, and people are are clamoring for just one. Um, Thomas has tried eight of his commonly used passwords, and none of which have worked. Holy he has God. two more tries oh. <laughs> before the digital wallet encrypts the contents forever. So there's got to be a way. He's got to be able to go to the manufacturer <laughs> of this thing. And there's got to be a way. Oh, wow. You would think, right? I mean, there's got to be customers. No, I'm <laughs> no, this is not like email no, I know, or your I bank know. code. Nobody can send you. You know, a, a, a link to go, okay, go here, reset your password, and right. get back in. No, I know. That's not, this, we'll that's not the way the this password. works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not no. the way this works. So the way you're supposed to do it with your cold storage, you're supposed to write your 24, it's 24 passwords and then an eight-digit code. You're supposed to write it down in three places. One of them's got to be, like, in your safe. The other's got to be in your safe deposit box. And then one's got to be, like in like, under a floorboard. <laughs> and then you got to take a picture of it and put it in a, a hidden camera app. You know, you're not you're not supposed to be so frivolous with your with your cold storage account key. You know, it's seven million. How many million was it? Seven million. Two hundred twenty and twenty million. Oh yeah, two twenty. Right. At the time of the oh, writing, now it really because, matters. Yeah, because everything's going up and down. It <laughs> That's like a lottery up, winning. Gone down <laughs> oh depending God. on you know when he last. You know, took a look at it. But he says, Thomas says, the guy's name again is Stefan Thomas. I would lay in bed and think about it, Thomas told the New York Times. Then I would go to the computer with some new strategy, and it wouldn't work. And I would get desperate again. Um, let's see. The story goes on. Ah, oh, just my, my internet is slow. They must be talking about they must be, They must be squashing us. Uh, <laughs> again, he said he tried eight of his most frequent used passwords. None of them has worked. Thomas said the experience has understandably put him off cryptocurrencies. <laughs> the whole idea of being your own bank, which I guess that's what Iron Key is. Since you're storing it yourself, nobody else has access to it. Uh, you're your own bank. Uh, let me put it this way. Do you make your own shoes? He said, the reason we have banks is that we don't want to deal with all the things that banks do. Following the publicity of the plight, Alex Stamos, an Internet security expert at Stanford Internet Observatory, said he could crack the password within six months if Thomas gave him 10% of the digital fortune. Deal. Okay. Deal. Done. Deal. So for, for $22 million, you can get access to your $220 million. So right now what he needs to do is put up a bidding war. 
find the, the top 20 hacking guys who could or in whoever can you know break through this wall and then give them the right number this guy's got to get his beak wet he's got a skill <laughs> exactly i mean yeah but what if the guy gets the next two guesses wrong like he hires somebody to say okay i've come up with two possible passwords and they're both wrong Look, I don't know, man. All can't know, be any better off than waking is, up in the middle of the night. This and sounds it. like this sounds crazy. What source is this new? Where's this new source from? This was uh, this story is all over the is place. This from, like the Federal Reserve. No, this is from. Uh, I'm reading a portion of it from the Guardian. Uh, also, the Daily Caller had this. It's been in the uh, the New York Times as well. I mean, this is uh, you know, this is a real problem, and this is not the only guy suffering from this. From what I understand, there are. Reportedly, thousands of people who have made this mistake who can't get access to their, 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 their cryptocurrency, their Bitcoin, because they can't unlock <laughs> the vault that they put it in. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I just, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess there's the expression of fool and his money was meant to be parted. I mean, if you can't, if, if, you don't, if you're that frivolous with that much Bitcoin, well... Well, the interesting Good, part... So, I like it. Then it means just, just there's less supply and still more demand. So, right. bye. Well, the interesting part is he was gifted this Bitcoin back in like 2011 or 2010 or something like that, very early on uh, for some, some work that he had done for somebody. And they just, they paid him in Bitcoin. And he was like, all right, it'll be worth something someday. <laughs> wow. So there you have it. That's a problem that uh, Mr. Uh, Stefan Thomas is dealing with. Eh, Okay. Easy come, easy go. Easy come, easy. Yeah, you didn't really have the money anyway, dude. Don't worry about uh, it. I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> hey, G, do you have that uh, that clip number six? Uh, actually, you know what? Let's do clip number five first. Um, again, uh, squeeze it in some stuff before we run out of time here. Uh, this is clip number five. Check this out. This is the, if you haven't seen stuff like this happen in your life, it might be happening soon. Hey, G. She's yelling at the kid, kid for not having a mask on. And your mother should be teaching you better. She does teach me well. And my son is without a father because people can't wear a goddamn mask. People are still getting sick of people with a mask. Right now it's a mask. Amazing. Oh, boy. The decay people of society. Are, yeah. People are lunatics. They've fallen for the fear porn. They're yeah. yelling at kids. That woman, that woman is just so miserable in her life. She's just looking for somebody to lash out at. Yeah. And I mean, are you kidding me with that that filthy animal? Yeah. Play that again, G. Just so pe- just, just just keep in mind that this is coming to you soon. Who's self-absorbed? I'm just a kid. Who's self-absorbed? Yeah. The kid says, "I'm just a kid." Mother should be teaching you better. And meanwhile, the old lady's probably her mom should have taught her not to scream at other people's children. Well, th- th- there's a reason why she's alone. Her husband left. See the look the kid's giving the camera yeah. at the end there? Not yes. that it excuses the behavior, but it sounds like at the end there she said that she lost her husband to COVID. And? So why is she yelling at the kid? The kid didn't do it. Yeah. I'm not saying it excuses the behavior. I'm just saying in reference to Paul's comment that she must be miserable. I would assume she probably is. Right. 
<laughs> it doesn't give her the right to take it out on somebody else, though. If you're miserable, go home and be miserable. Stay away from everybody else. Especially somebody's kid. Yeah, who, who was, as you can see, the kid wasn't moving. She wasn't going near the person. She was keeping more than six feet of distance. So, you know, the, the, the fact that this lady's flipping out and coming towards her and being aggressive and being abusive doesn't give her any right. She doesn't, she doesn't gain any special rights. She doesn't have some higher moral uh, clarity that, that the kid doesn't possess. So I thought I'd play that just, uh, just so you can see. Guess what? That's coming to you soon. Uh, also, this might be coming to you soon as well. From our friends up north in Canada, the province of Quebec. Pause it here, G. I sent this to Damon. He didn't want to play this. On New Year's Eve, from him? a peaceful <laughs> gathering erupted into chaos. Now, you may have seen this video. You may not have. Uh, but watch what happens. This is a family gathering on New Year's Eve peacefully celebrating In home. inside a house with the doors and the windows closed. It's freaking Canada. It's cold. All right, G, let her roll. But some wacko knocked them out. Is this what we're turning into? Yeah, we played this. Coming to a country near you. Stuff look, at they, look at outside. They got this guy on the ground. Look at look at what's going on outside. Because they had one extra person in the house. This is amazing. Yeah, you know what? Junior's right. We've seen we've seen videos of cops trying to arrest people. The guy skating, playing hockey. The guy, the 15-year-old boy, right? Yeah. 15-year-old so, boy being harassed out in the middle of a wide-open, open prairie, frozen lake. You know, just wide-open, fresh air. Yeah. More and Crazy. more of this is coming, and it's happening, and, and we need to put a stop to it. It needs to end. The pol- I, I'm, You know what? I'm a big supporter of the police, as, as we all are. But at some point, they've got to turn around and be like, we're not enforcing this. This is stupid. Well, we had the discussion, and uh, me and D got into it a little bit. If if you enforce an unconstitutional law, you a traitor. Well, that's a, that's a pretty deep question. we got to go to break. We'll leave that question out there for you guys to talk about amongst yourselves. We'll come back with sports. 
<laughs> and the rest of the show right after this. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Stay there. Be on Real America's Voice. Welcome back. Final segment of the show. We appreciate you taking the time, making us a, a part of your evening TV activities. Again, if you're watching on Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, and of course on Comcast around the country, we appreciate it. Find us on all the uh, all social media while we, while you still can. Uh, LFS6B is all you got to do. Punch that in. It'll take you right to our page. Like us, share us, and um, you know, tell your friends. Tell your friends we're here. We're, we're, we're doing okay. Damon's going to be back tomorrow night. We hope. We hope. <laughs> he said he's going to be back, so we're, we're taking him at his word. He's sounding much better. Um, so he'll be back here driving the show again We're all going to put a big plastic sheet around him like, like the show Dexter. You know, just way like he can't, you know, he can't make us uh, sick. We got to keep him quarantined. Yeah, we'll, we'll, hey, hey, Paul, maybe he'll come in in that bubble wrap. Remember that time we did yeah. the episode? We all had the bubble wrap on. <laughs> bubble boy. We'll, we'll have to bubble him we up. Really should do that for yeah. him. Hey, real quick, a uh, a follow up on the house. What's been going down? Uh, according to what we're hearing, Fran Geo, this correct? The house voted yes to a debate. Yes, they okay. voted yes to debate. So now they're debating. Uh, officially, it is House what's Resolution 21, yeah, what's the resolution calling on Vice President Pence to convene and mobilize the principal officers of the executive departments of the cabinet to execute Section 4 of the 25th Amendment to declare President Trump incapable of executing his duties of the office and to immediately execute powers as acting president. All right. Wow. Good night. Wow. <laughs> that was, that was, was that off the top of your head, Fran? Oh, yeah, I have all the stuff memorized. Damn. That's pretty <laughs> That's good. excellent. Friend. All right, so you heard it from, uh, from Fran. They, they voted yes to debate. So now they voted so they could talk about voting. Right, so with any luck, they'll debate right. on the 21st. Okay, so there you go. 25th. Right. 25th? Just 25th the day after. Something like that. All right. Um, Rick Amirati, what do you got for us in sports? Okay, a little sports to take our minds off all this madness. Um, so M, uh, NCAA men's college basketball, a couple of finals here. Number seven, Michigan over number nine, Wisconsin, 77 to 54. Demetric Trice, 20 points for Wisconsin in a losing effort. And Virginia Tech uh, just beat uh, Duke, 74 to 67. And Matthew Hurd had 20 points for Duke, also in a losing effort. One other game going on right now. Oklahoma State is up by five over number six, Kansas, late in the second half with about four minutes to go. Moving over to the NBA. Great game. Sixes and Heat in Philadelphia. Sixes are up by four points with eight seconds to go in overtime. And the Nets with five points lead over the Nuggets with about 12 seconds to go. That looks good there for the Nets. The Jazz are uh, up by 30 points over the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's late in the fourth. And the Lakers are up by 28 over the Rockets, just ending the third quarter. And Spurs over the Thunder by seven. That's also at the end of the third quarter. NHL announces two February outdoor games in Lake Tahoe. On February 20th, the Avalanche will take on the Golden Knights, and the Bruins will play the Flyers on Sunday, February 21st. Both games will begin at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC and bring the league's total number of outdoor games to 32 since 2003. We are delighted to announce the NHL outdoors at Lake Tahoe and can't wait to get on site for what undoubtedly will be two thrilling games in a breathtaking setting, said NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman. The NHL outdoors at Lake Tahoe, two games 
game set will not feature fans and will be set on the 18th fairway of the Edgewood Tahoe Resort Golf Course. Someone tell Happy Gilmore to lace up his skates. <laughs> All four teams will wear their re- reverse retro jerseys, and the puck drops on the 2021 NHL season tomorrow night with five games on the slate, and Tampa will be hoisting their Stanley Cup 2020 World Championship banner as they host the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Governor Cuomo, Bills fans can attend second home playoff game next weekend. The King, I mean, the governor announced Monday that the <laughs> Buffalo Bill fans will be allowed to attend the team's second home game playing <laughs> playoff game coming this Saturday. The move comes after 6,700 members of the Bills Mafia were able to watch the team defeat the Indianapolis Colts in person over the weekend or after first obtaining a negative COVID test and adhering to all public health precautions. Buffalo's 27-24 win over the Colts was the first home playoff uh, played game in uh, 25 years and also their first win. No fans were in the stadium throughout the regular season due to New New York's coronavirus safety measures, and uh, well, we'll see. So, Buffalo Bills, your fans are back in there. Well, and then the Bills Mafia get a petition with like a hundred thousand signatures, say keep, enough's enough. Yeah, they, they wanted to keep Cuomo out of the game too. Yeah. I don't know where that's going to go, but I, I, I think they're going to stick to that number, Paul. I don't think they're going to get any more fans in there. Yeah, well, but it's still great that they're fighting. You know, at least something. Will, they know. are. Hey, they're New Yorkers, Paul. We know how they fight. Um, And uh, here's a nice little story. Uh, Holocaust survivor and Olympian turns 100 years old. Agnes Coletti, the oldest surviving Olympic champion, turned 100 years old on January 9th. The Hungarian gymnast won 10 Olympic medals, five of them gold. But her athletic achievements are just a part of her incredible life story. Coletti is also a Holocaust survivor. After winning her first national title at 16, Coletti was expected to make the Hungarian team for the 1940 Olympic Games. However, those games were canceled due to World War II. Because of the war, Coletti didn't get a chance to compete in the Olympics until she was 31. In 1941, Coletti was moved from her gymnastics club in Hungary for being Jewish. The IOC said in a web post recounting her extraordinary story, she and her family were forced to go into hiding, and Coletti assumed a false identity and worked as a maid. Some of her family members, including her father, were among the 550,000 Hungarian Jews killed at Auschwitz and other camps. After surviving the Holocaust, Coletti began competing in gymnastics again and had won her first Central European Gymnastics Champion in 1947. She went on to compete in the Olympic Games in Helsinki in 52 and Melbourne in 56. She stayed in Australia following the Melbourne Games, receiving political asylum when the Soviet Union invaded Hungary. She later moved to Israel and became the country's first women's gymnastic coach. Kaledi was inducted into the International Gymnastics Hall of Fame in 2002 and is Hungary's most decorated female Olympics champion ever, according to the IOC. Great story. 100 years old. Holocaust survivor. Olympic gymnast. Could you imagine, Paul, an Olympic gymnast at 31 years old? That's incredible. It's in just an incredible story. Yeah. Boy, that's 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 the, the stuff of, of movies. That's yeah. something like Spielberg should get a hold of. That's a story. Yeah, that's a story. What a what a life. Incredible. Yeah, from what I understand, I have a picture of her at the Capitol the other day, storming the... Uh... <laughs> she, flipped over, she flipped over the guardrail and kicked someone. Yeah. Off. I'm sure. And that's a wrap in sports. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Rick. We appreciate that. And uh, anything else you want to uh, squeeze in here, Paul? Uh, you know, just... Uh, you know, the Republican mega donor Sheldon Adelson, he he died uh, at 87. He was a guy who really got behind the Republican Party on the Las Vegas Sands. Uh, outspoken guy. Pretty cool cat. You watch his interviews. You look him up on uh, on YouTube. Really interesting guy. And I just think um, I just wanted to make one note that there's a pretty good story out there. that The guy, um, the Viking guy. 
Yes. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of speculation. The news media ran with the story that he was a QAnon Trump lover and that he ran QAnon, whatever. I don't know. All the this endless propaganda. But now they're saying there's pretty good evidence that he has been, uh, you know, organized a lot of rallies in the past with uh, for climate change. And, you know, he's, you know, been a very, you know, heavily uh, left wing guy. So, you know, it's, all these stories that there aren't agent provocateurs is is really, truly silly. I mean, people have to wake up and grow up. And I mean, this is all optical. It's all it's a war, war of optics. And, you know, I just think it's good that people kind of maybe know about this a little bit. So you can find that on on, on the National Pulse. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's something to look out for as well. And, and he is he is sitting in jail currently. Um, refusing to eat, and from what uh, from what I think Gio or Fran said, they just approved the new diet for him. I guess he's a uh, he he'll only eat organic. Well, he's in terrific shape, so let's give the guy a break. Let's yeah. get him some quinoa and some couscous and <laughs> some veggies. Sprouts. And, yeah, I mean, it's the least we could do for the guy. Right. Hey, one thing to pay attention uh, because you know you talk about things that are out there, optics. There's this. Um, I want to. All right, I'll just say it. It, it. It's called an armed march on Capitol Hill, at all the state capitals. Uh, if you see something like this, don't participate in this. Yeah. This is. This is. Um. This. This has the makings of of an absolute disaster. Of, yeah, a, a great word, disaster. Um. We just want to put that out there because again, a lot of stuff is flying around social media. You don't know what to believe. What's going to happen? Blah blah blah. You know what? Don't march on anything. Yeah. Peaceful right protest, Gandhi. Because these people, whatever this is, and you might see some some it's mentionings of it, it it's not worth going to. It's saying it's going to be armed. Do you really want to be around this kind of thing? Probably not. So as a public service, I think, you know, hey, lies. there are other ways to make your voices heard. Pursue those. Uh, reach out to your representatives and everything and and just, you know, play it on the up and up. Again, thank you for spending your time with us tonight. On behalf of Paul, Rick A., thank you for watching. As always, we salute our military, active and retired responders, first responders, EMTs, firefighters, police, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Till tomorrow, peace out.